Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Last week, Virgil gave, gave us five values of high importance to God and to us. I'm going to review those. The first one, and it's in order, in order of importance. The number one is our individual relationship with God. Now, I taught on that in August of last year, the last Sunday in August. I taught on that in the first Sunday in September. I taught on intimacy with God because that's the most important thing as far as our values are concerned. These are five values. The second one is the Word of God, which we know, and I've been, you know, emphasizing that for all the years I've been uh, pastoring. The third one is character development, which I'll teach on today. And Virgil taught on fruitfulness last week. And the fifth one is spiritual gifts and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, which I'll teach a series on that at another time. Today, I want to go over nine godly character qualities. Nine godly character qualities. I want to go over that because I'm emphasizing our number three value, which is character development. Now, what do I mean by character development? I mean that improving or growing or strengthening the group of qualities that make our actions and our reactions who we are. It's different from other people because all of us are different. Our personality is wrapped up in that too. We want the character of Christ. That's what we want. We want the we want to develop his character. I'm not interested in just what I think is a good character quality. I'm interested in being exactly like God. That's what I want to be like, like Christ. As he is, the scripture says, so are we in this world. So that's what I want to be. When you see Christ, people should say, you know, well, as Christ said, you've seen the Father. We should say, when you see me, you've seen Christ. When you see my reactions, you've seen how Christ reacts. And whether you say it or not, that's what you want people to know, that you are different. You're different than you used to be. You're different than most people. I know before we were born again, we acted the way we were taught to act or the way circumstances caused us to act, but we don't walk by sight. We don't walk by circumstances. We walk by faith. Let's open our Bibles or your electronic devices to the Gospel of John, chapter 12. 
verse 1 through 6. Now, what I want you to get, I want you to get two things today. I want you to get that God wants us concerned about the inner man, about the inside. Not about what people see externally, how we look. I know we spend a lot of time on what we're going to wear, our hair, you know, our face, everything. We spend time on that thing. We spend time also, a lot of times, uh, hoping that people will see in us a little bit different things than they see in other people because we go to church or because uh, we have given our life to God. We hope that. But it takes effort to move those character qualities that the Holy Spirit has and want to bring out in us to fruition. It takes effort. So I want us to concentrate on that the inner man is important. It is very important. It's more important than outward man. And that it takes effort. It takes practice. It takes yielding to the Holy Spirit because he wants to use circumstances. He wants to use situations. He wants to use people. He wants to use a lot of different things to bring out the character of Christ in us. And if we're not aware of that, we won't yield. We won't appreciate the, the things that God is, is putting out to us to help us. We're looking at it as, a, as something that's not good. Verse 1. Jesus, therefore, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they made him a supper, and Martha was serving. But Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. Mary then took a pound of very costly perfume of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot one of his disciples, let's stop there. I want to use Judas as an example. And, and you know, you might say, well, Judas was a son of perdition. And he couldn't help it because God made him the way he was. And therefore, uh, he, was, he was doomed from the time that he was born. Well, I 
I don't know whether that's true or not. Because the word of God tells me a little bit different. See, I believe that people have character qualities that would lend itself to the enemy using because they won't they won't listen to other people they want to do what they want to do and they're not going to work on anything and so the enemy just uses them and of course God knows our beginning from our end he knows whether we're going to listen whether we're not. He knows whether we're going to yield to the Spirit's work or not. He knows all those things. And see, Judas Iscariot was one of his disciples. Now, a disciple is more than a pupil. A disciple is someone who, yes, he's a learner or she's a learner, but she takes on the qualities that the discipler is teaching them. In other words, the way Jesus was, he taught his disciples to be just like that. He taught them like in the Beatitudes. He taught them a lot of different things. And he wanted them to be like him. How else could they go out and teach people? How could people turn the world upside down? How could we be where we are now if the disciples said, you know what? He can teach all he wants to, but I'm not following that man. No. A discipler is going to disciple a person unto the things that they want them to know. And a discipler, as good as a discipler, to be as his teacher. And so that's what Judas should have been, as his teacher. Because he was a disciple. Let's continue. Who was intending to betray him? Now, this is what Jesus was intending to do. Betrayal is not a good character quality. (laughs) But see, most people don't think that they are a betrayer. Judas didn't, he wasn't born, and as he started growing up into childhood, he said, you know what, I'm going to betray everybody that I possibly can. He didn't he didn't do that. And I don't I don't think we do that. Or anybody. Sometimes circumstances, sometimes the situations that we are put in, sometimes because of what people do to us or whatever, we get bitter or whatever, and sometimes it calls our personality to be some somewhat well. I'm concerned about me. And when it comes to me and you, then I'm going to look out for number one. 
and I'm not going to look out for you. Well, Judas, when you're talking about he intended to betray Jesus, that's part of his character. Part of his character. He didn't receive the instruction that Jesus gave him, even though he was a disciple. And he set out to betray Jesus as time went on. Even though Jesus did so much for him, even though Jesus spent time with him, even though he ate with Jesus, even though he was with Jesus day in and day out, even though Jesus washed his feet, even though Jesus gave him authority over demons to cast them out, to heal the sick, to raise the dead. Judas, Judas went out with the rest of the disciples, and he did all those things because Jesus gave him authority to do that. But he didn't appreciate what God had done. So a lack of appreciation is a character flaw. So I'm saying these things because God wants us to be concerned about the inside and not the outside. Because a person looking out, they'll say, Ooh, my, 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 my. Those disciples are really, really good because they took a few loaves and a few fish and they broke it and they fed all of us, all 5,000. Not counting the women and children, all 4,000 on another count. So Judas was, was a part of that. He was used mighty by God. And, 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 you know, those people who were eating, they could say, that's one of the disciples Judas is carrying. He's mighty before God. He's healing people. He's feeding people with little or no food. Thousands of people. Mighty man of God. But they're looking on the outside. But see, God wants us looking on the inside. Concentrating on the inside. Why do I feel this way about Jesus? Jesus could have said. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do this. I don't want to feel this way. Verse 5. Judas said, why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor people? Now, he, he said this not because he was concerned about the poor. Well, why wouldn't he be concerned about the poor? Jesus was concerned about the poor. That's why he had a, had a money bag. That's why he had a treasure, because he was concerned about the poor. That's why he sent the treasure out to give money to the poor, because he was concerned about the poor. Why was not Judas concerned about the poor? 
He was a disciple. It says, but because he was a thief. That's not a good character quality. <laughs> not a good character quality. A thief. And as he had the money box, he was a treasurer, he used to pilfer what was put in it. To pilfer is to say, you know what? I like to have nice things, but I don't quite have the money. Jesus is giving all this money, sending me with all this money to give to people when he, he could be giving us some. But he doesn't give us anything. He gives it to the poor people. They're poor because they don't do nothing. They ought to go to work. They ought to give it to me. Here I am with him all the time, and they don't give me anything. I know what I do. I take just a little bit of money at a time. Just a little bit and a little bit. They have that a little bit and a little bit. That's to pilfer. It's to steal a little bit at a time, but over and over again. You're still a thief. I don't care how much you steal. And you say, well, I wouldn't do that to Jesus. Well, would you do it to your boss? Would you say, well, you know what? This pen, I like this pen. It writes really good. We got many pens on our job. So I just take this one. I'll bring it back every day. But some days you forget. And then all of a sudden, you know, you got a pen in your house. And then you have a some paper clips in your house. Come on now. Our workplace don't need all that anyway. Don't need that. Sometimes I give out a bathroom tissue. So our workplace, it got a lot of bathroom tissue. I just put a little bit in my coat. I take it home. They won't miss it. Come on. What do you think? Do you know that this has happened to more than just Judas? This has happened to a lot of us. And I'm saying that let's work on the inside. Let's work hard on the inside. Because it's not the outside, or we sit in church, or we raise our hands, or we worship, but we still might be doing some things that God doesn't want us to do.
So it's just a thought now. Just a thought about Judas. You see? God says that love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money. All sorts of evil. All sorts of evil. Let's go to Matthew. Let's go there. Chapter 23. Verse 25. Now I'm going to read this to you. Not because it's, it's us. us. Not that he's talking to us. He's talking to the Pharisees and the scribes. This is Jesus talking to them. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you clean the outside of the cup and of the dish. But inside, they are full of robbery and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and of the dish so that the outside of it may be become clean also. So let's go to verse 28. Verse 28 says, So you too, outwardly, see, outwardly appear righteous to men, but inward you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Doesn't that describe Judas? Judas was not a Pharisee. He was a disciple doing mighty miracles. And I I wanted to read that because I told you I wanted to emphasize today two things. God is concerned about the inside of us. That's what he's concerned with. Not the outside, the inside. Now, as I was eating cereal this morning, I said, I, I was washing my little cereal bowl. And I said, you know, Jesus is right. If I wash the inside of this, I don't really have to wash the outside. I'm not going to turn the dish over and eat around the edges and the, and the bottom of it. I'm not going to eat it. I'm going to eat only eat on the inside. But since I, I'm used to cleaning the outside and the inside, I'm going to clean both. If it were, if I had on a little bit of water, I had to clean, I couldn't clean both, I would clean the inside. Because that's where you're going to eat at. That's true. It's true that God is concerned about the inside. Just reading what I just read, you're looking at what was in the Bible, on the screen, on your electronic device. Is is God concerned about the outside or the inside? He's concerned about the inside. And that was what Judah's problem was, inside. And that's what he wants to tell us. Your problem is going to be inside, not outside. That's what it's going to be. 
another scripture that would emphasize that is so important to God about our character, about what's inside, is in Matthew 15, and you don't have to turn to it if, you know, it's fine. It's an account of the Pharisees and the scribes saying, hey, you, you know, your disciples, they don't wash their hands before they eat. I don't understand that. They transgressed the, 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 the tradition of the elders. And Jesus told them some things, and then later on, one of the disciples asked him, hey, what, what did you mean by what you told them? And, and I'm just giving you an account. You, I mean, you can, it's in there. And he was saying to them, it's not really what goes into the mouth that defiles a man. Because all it's going to do is go to the stomach. And then it's going to go, it be eliminated. What defiles a man is what comes out of the mouth. Not what goes in the mouth, what goes out of the mouth. Because what comes out of the mouth comes from the heart. Is the heart outside or the heart inside? It's inside. God is concerned about the inside. It's our mind, our will, our emotions, our thoughts. All those type of things. That's, that's, that's what he said. I, you know, when you, when you read those things that come out of the heart, you say, whoo! You mean, adultery comes out of the heart? Fornication comes out of the heart? Murder comes out of the heart? Yes. Evil thoughts come out of the heart? Yes. All those things come in the heart. See, Jesus had a heart problem. That's what Jesus had, a heart problem. And God's saying, I don't want you, my bride, having a heart problem. Yield to the Spirit of God's work in your life because he's going to try to help you be like me. Because he has excellent character, perfect character, He's God. He's going to give you opportunities to work on that. Let's go to Ephesians. Chapter 4. Verse 1. Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, Employ you, excuse me, employ you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling for which I have called with all humility. That's the character quality. And gentleness, that's the character quality. And patience, that's the character quality. Showing tolerance for one another. You know, in love, that's the character quality. Being diligent, that's what we say, we've got to be diligent. 
to preserve the unity of the spirit, it takes diligence because anytime you don't have unity, you have disunity, that's going to come from the heart because of the thoughts and the tense of the heart. So let's look at these that they named here. And I'll add a couple more to it. Walk with all humility. Humility is lowliness. And we know that Jesus has said a lot of times, Hey, hey, what are you talking about? What are y'all saying to yourself when you're on the road? And he knew they were talking about who was the greatest. And he said, hey, bring me that little child right there. Bring him before me. And he says, unless you're like this little child, you won't even enter the kingdom of heaven. If you want to be great, the greatest of you going to be servant of all, going to be slave of all. So if you want to be great, you don't go up to be great. You go down. You got to be a servant. You got to serve all. Well, you don't desire to be served. You're not serving him because he's worthy to be served. You're serving him because of me. I'm worthy to be served. You're serving me. You're my servant. I bought you. I paid a price for you, a price of the precious blood of my blood. So, therefore, don't think of it as you're doing it to, to somebody. If you do it to the least of those, you've done it to me. Walk in all gentleness. Gentleness is meekness. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is, is like a, like if you, if you watch westerns or you live on a farm or something. If you have a horse that's, that's all anti, somebody riding it. You know, people usually break the horse in and you have to ride and let the horse ray up and act all foolish, you know. Maybe throw you off a couple of times, you get back on. Sooner or later, he's going to find out that he's not in control. So you, either you're going to yield or you're going to have problems. And so the horse, sooner or later, yields. But the horse then all of a sudden get weak. The horse that decided that it's going to let you ride it. That's meekness. We have to decide we, we're going to yield to the Spirit of God. Work in our life. That's what we have to decide. Patience. Patience. We should all pray for patience, shouldn't we? <laughs> people say, people say uh uh-uh. I learned that when I was little. Never pay for pray, patience because you're going to get trouble. But how else is God going to work long suffering in your life? How is he going to do it? Because that's what patience is in this verse. Patience is sometimes um, enduring. Okay, but not in this verse. This patience is, is not enduring circumstances. That's patience. This patience is enduring contrary. You don't like them. You love them. But you don't like the what they do. You don't like the way they are. You just, you know, would rather, if you didn't have to be around them, then whoopee, once a week, Sunday. 
on my job. Be glad when I leave here because I don't have to put up with this dude that works beside me. Well, God put that person in your life to help you develop the character inside of Christ. That's what, he, that's what he put him there for. Because how are you going to be long-suffering? You got to suffer to be long-suffering. You got to suffer. So we want to suffer a short time. Sunday morning only. Thanksgiving only. When my relatives come, you know, I can't stand them. Talking about me, you know, but I got to put up with them for mom's sake. You know. Come on, we've been there. We've been there. But God put us in this situation so that we can say, you know what? Praise God. I have an opportunity to be like Christ. God, help me to be more tolerant of people who are contrary to me. This person just talk too much. I don't like being around them. Well, be long-suffering. Be long-suffering. You have some qualities that other people don't like. And if you really, really want to get down to it, you have a lot of qualities that God doesn't like. Long-suffering. So, anybody want to pray for long-suffering? Yeah. Let's see about two or three. Well, I should say, yeah, give it to me. Bring it on. Because the sooner we deal with it, the sooner God can go to something else. Because he's already worked that in you. Show tolerance which is forbearing for one another in love. Forbear. Tolerate. Tolerate. Tolerate this person who talk too much. Tolerate this person who you just, you just don't like the way they are. They are so bossy. They are so pushy. They want their way. And you say, well, I'd rather to go eat. At this place, no, we don't need it. I don't like this place. This place is so, so, so. And that's why you just give in. You just give in. And people do that. They just keep giving in to this person. And, that, and they just, it just keep enforcing that they'll push you, push you, push you because they want their way. You know any people like that? No, you don't know. Because you're so tolerant. You know, you you think everybody's so perfect. I don't like pushy people. I don't. Don't push me. Because I just assume, you know, you say, well, when are you going to make a decision? Well, after I pray about it, think about it, toss it around. It's been a week. Can't you make a decision? See, see some people can make a decision. Especially if you have a, a, a D-type personality or A-type personality, whatever you want to call it. They can make a decision just like that. And others, are, they just lay back, you know, 
Just think about this thing. And you say, well, come on, let's, let's don't push me because I just said no. How many like me don't like to be pushed? Okay, one more. Okay, that's good. We can push just about everybody in here except me and, me and Zeta. Don't, don't push us. <laughs> Be diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. That will do it. Loneliness, humility, long-suffering, forbearing will keep the unity of the spirit. If we don't have it like we should have it, if it doesn't go to a high level, if we're not working on the inside but working on the outside, we're not going to have much unity. I guarantee you, it's going to be disunity, even though you try to fake it. It's going to be disunity because your heart is not in it. I'm telling you. And just a couple, three more that's not on the papers. Sometimes we have to be content with where God has us. Had to be content. If I'm not content, I'm always trying to get out of something. Because I don't, I'm, I, I'm not satisfied. And I don't mean by content. You're going to be there all the time. Just be content where God has you now because he'll move you where he wants you when it's time to be moved. He'll do that. And people, so I see it all the time, especially in trying to develop leaders. They want, they want what they want now. They don't want to be content. I said, I need somebody, to, you know, to, to vacuum the floor. They might vacuum one, two times, but then that's not what their, that's not their gift. Did nobody ask you what your gift was? Whose gift is sweeping the floor? Anybody can sweep the floor. But God's going to work with you because he's trying to find out, are you going to be in here? Humility and lowness, or you got to be, hey, give me something that's important to do. Give me leadership position. I can do that. That's my gift. You never get there where God wants you to because Judas did not get where he wanted to be. He did not get where he could have gotten. He, he didn't. He didn't. Be faithful and loyal where you are. Desire to help somebody else succeed. Show initiative. Don't wait for somebody to tell you everything to do. Now, an example of that, of course, is not Judas. But think of, think of Joseph. Which you would you rather be, Judas or Joseph? If you said Judas, I'm going to say, man, <laughs> you missed the message. Because Joseph, he said, I don't want to be Joseph either. I don't want to be thrown in a pit. I don't want to be in slavery. But let me tell you, God has something for Joseph. All Joseph had to do is work on these inside qualities here. That's all Joseph had to do. Be content where I got you, Joseph, and, and be show initiative. I want you to help somebody else succeed. So Joseph started helping his, his master succeed. He was loyal to his master because, see, the, his, his uh, uh, possible wife, he wanted, she wanted to take advantage of the, 
of the young fellow and, and lay with him. And Joseph, no, no, I can't do this. My master gave me charge of everything in his household except you. I wouldn't dare now go against him and God. No, uh-uh. And so he ran. Then he got in prison because he was falsely accused. Now he had to be content again, didn't he? You know he had to be content, even though he didn't want to be there, because he kept moving up, moving up, until the, the, the person over jail gave Joseph, you are in charge of everything. I don't have to do anything. Y'all listen to Joseph. Now, when Joseph developed the qualities God wanted, and one, of course, is forgiveness. Oh, if you're not, if you're not forgiven, oh, that's not going to be good. That's not going to be good. So he got moved up to second person, second in charge. And when his brothers came, we could tell his character. Because me and you, well, I said me. I said, oh, dad's dead. You are too. And, and put them all in harsh labor of what they did to me back then, years ago. But he didn't, did he? He had some character. Whew! I tell you, character. We got to work on it. We got to work on it. And it's more important than, than, than what's on the outside. We're going to close. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.